Having car problems? Well, with Rhoda, getting them fixed is as easy as ordering takeout. They'll come pick up your car for free, do any repair or maintenance needed, and return it right to your driveway. They'll even give you a complimentary video inspection of your car so you can see what needs to be done. Perfect for those of us that maybe aren't so car savvy. Book your appointment online at roda.com. And lucky for you, CityCast listeners get a 20% discount on any service for up to $100 off. Just use the code CityCast20. Here's what DC is talking about. The yellow line is coming back, but its route is not quite the same as it used to be. And our newsletter editor, Kayla Cote Stemmerman, has some strong feelings about this. Plus, lead producer Priyanka Tilvey is here to talk about the chunk of DC's proposed budget that is going towards pickleball. And there's good news for fans of the old 930 Club. Today is Friday, April 7th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and this is CityCast DC. All right, so Kayla, tell us about your yellow line commute to be. <laughs> yeah, so after about eight months now, the yellow line is going to be reopening on May 7th, which I know I think everybody's initial reaction is, thank God, so excited. Wait, 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 why did, why did it go away in the first place? Yeah, so it was closed mostly just for repairs and renovations. They were fixing up the tunnels, making sure that everything was safe and in ship shape. And it's a really old line, right? Like, this is like a 40-year-old line. So it well, yeah, really terms. needed it. Ah, fair, fair. But look at So in the before eight months ago days, you could get on down in Virginia and go all the way out to PG County on the yellow line. Is that correct? Yeah. But now, basically, they're going to be turning the yellow line around at Mount Vernon instead of going that whole length that it used to. So it, why is that? Like, that was how it was when the thing first opened. Yeah. So back when it first opened in 1983, basically, it was it was short. It ended at Gallery Place, right? And then it later expanded all the way down to Huntington and Virginia and up to U Street. But then when the Green Line came around, it was cut off out Mount Vernon, like it's going to be in this next month. So until 2006, it was actually... It didn't go past Mount Vernon. So we're actually just going back to the way it was. And I'm given to believe that this displeases you. Uh, why is yeah, that? Yeah, it does. It really does. <laughs> so I think, I mean, I took the yellow line almost every day to Virginia. It also is my way to the airport. It's so easy. It's one of the reasons that I love living where I live. I just hop on and then 30 minutes later I'm in Crystal City or at the airport or wherever I need to be. Wait, wait, wait. So you live in Columbia Heights, right? Yes. So you get on nowadays or before this, you could get on right at home and go all the way to National Airport instead of having to change trains like some red line sucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was so easy and so fast. And obviously, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for months to get that back again. But now just to find out that I'm going to have to transfer lines anyways is extremely frustrating. But I was doing some reading on it. And I guess, you know, it's not just for fun. Like they do have a reason. And 
essentially it's going to shorten wait times, right? There'll be less headway for the yellow line because there's fewer cars, basically. So now it's going to be six minutes between trains for the yellow and green line. And on the interconnected stations, so the stations where they overlap, it'll be every three minutes. Mm, that does sound better. Yeah, where I think before it was a lot more. Where right now it's like every 12. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. But I guess this is the balance they got to strike, right? Which is uh, one person's inconvenience is other people's convenience. And in this case, you as a former resident of just the inner green line, you have to go back to the old ways. But I think even for Kayla or like I'm – I hang out in Club Heights a lot. I was planning to take the yellow line down to the airport, down to Crystal City to go to the climbing gym. So I'd really been looking forward to this reopening and I was kind of disheartened too. But ultimately, I mean, right now there is no yellow line. And so having shorter wait... Better than nothing. Yeah. And the getting onto the green in Columbia Heights will be shorter wait times than it is right now too. Because there'll be more frequent green lines. Absolutely. Because of the way they've like set up how many green line trains there will be and how many yellow line trains there will be. Well, look, we can also, I mean, according to them, you'll take your yellow, you'll take your green line to whatever the interconnecting stop is, and then you'll have to wait no more than three minutes for your yeah. train. I mean, if that's true, then right. <laughs> yeah. It's not really that bad. We'll have to see how it all pans out. One of the things that I think is really interesting about like this, even this conversation we're having is, you know, in coverage of Metro, people who know a great deal about Metro tend to be enormous, enormous fans of public transit in general and Metro, and they're pulling for it and they want it to revive itself and they want it to be better. And as a result of that, they know a lot about it. And it sometimes can lead to sort of making excuses for them of like, well, of course they have to do this because they're really trying to make the whole system balanced. And, you know, I just did it. You, I think we all just did it. Yeah, we did. And and it's maybe a logical thing to say, but one of the, one of the things that I always felt like it was different about the transit conversation in D.C. versus places with older and more thorough transit systems, like New York or Paris or something, is the um, people, like particularly the uninformed uh, people, feel much more entitled to just be selfish. Like, I want my train to go where I want it to go, and I want it to go there now. <laughs> and that the authority has to answer to that. And that is, I think, actually sort of a healthy force in the system because it places the rider first, not the policymaker first. I agree with that in theory. I don't know that Metro would respond that much if we sat here whining <laughs> instead. And so, I mean, coming up with reasons for why it's rational kind of helps us get through our lives. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. So speaking of budget and weird policy things, there is a in the uh, city's current budget proposal, which is being hotly debated in the D.C. Council, and where important things like school budgets are part of the conversation, there's also... A, a line item for pickleball in D.C. 
Who knew? What's Who happening? Who knew? <laughs> well, I mean, for starters, how much do you both know about pickleball? It's the sport of the future, man. Not much. Yeah, but do you Not know how to much. play it? Is oh, it no. on flying cars? Lord, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is the news that's been happening around it, which on uh, people complaining about how loud it is. Right. Yeah. There's been so much pickleball news over the past year. The brief overview is that it's kind of a combination of tennis, badminton, and ping pong. It was invented in 1965 because it was seen as kind of like a healthy hobby for people who were older, like 55 and older. But all of a sudden in the past year or two, it's been exploding. People of all ages have been getting really, really into pickleball. And I guess Mayor Muriel Bowser was inspired by that. And so she announced a few weeks ago that the fiscal budget for the next year is going to include $750,000 for four new pickleball courts. It's a lot of money. Wow. <laughs> um, part of that lot. money, yeah, part of that money is also going towards like refurbishing and redesigning tennis courts that already exist so that they can also be used for pickleball. So like creating more Was that included courts. in the four or not included in the four? No. Okay. My my reading of it was that they are spent they are spending $750,000 to turn four existing underused tennis courts into four or uh, some number of new pickleball courts. Yeah, so it's it's four new courts would be added to the city's 10 dedicated pickleball courts. And then oh. there's also dozens of multi-purpose courts with blended lines. I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. That does make it better. $750,000 seems like a lot of money to build a few For pickleball a courts. I know. Are these made, yeah. courts made of gold? What What's the deal with them? I do think that they use gold paint. No, I mean, I... <laughs> I don't know why it's so expensive. I could not find a reason for why it is so incredibly expensive to build these courts. I mean, they're just smaller tennis courts. Do you know where they're being placed? They haven't decided that yet. So they're considering oh. 17 different locations. And actually, that's a really good point to bring up, Kayla, because they're seeking community feedback on those locations before they finalize them. And like you mentioned, there's been a lot of stuff in the news lately about the sound. Now, like, I've played pickleball before. It's It was... Eons ago, I was like in high school gym class or something. So maybe my tolerance for annoying things was higher. But I don't remember <laughs> the sound being that annoying, especially compared to tennis or any, like it's just like it's a racket hitting a ball. I don't know why the pop sound that people are talking about is apparently so debilitatingly hmm. irritating. But yeah, if there are going to be locations they're considering that are near you, you better go and talk about it, either like pro because you want to play pickleball all the time and have it on your doorstep, or if you're against it because of the noise, make sure your voice is heard because otherwise that's going to be right on your doorstep. That oh could God. be you. Now I, think I'm, I think I'm pro it just because it'll bother NIMBYs. Yeah, as long as it doesn't also bother you. As a former local yokel reporter, I, I, the, the idea of a uh, of pickleball v. NIMBYs being a major theme in, in city news <laughs> yeah. is just delightful to me. Yeah. So yeah. is it is it still mostly older people that play it? No, that's the whole thing. Over the past few years, it's just like boomed. People oh, of wow. all ages are really into it now. That does sound pretty fun. There are three professional leagues and Major League Pickleball just added DC to its ranks. So this wow. is the first year that DC has a Major League Pickleball team. I wonder, wow. I want to see what that team looks like. I, wanna, I know. I want to meet them. Yeah, I know. I Actually, I haven't looked that much into it, but I like to think that they're all over 55 because I like we don't that have I can't think of amazing. a major league of any sport that is just seniors, which would be kind of fun 
if they don't so, have that, they should start a league just for seniors that we all, you know, watch. I guess there's golf, but you know. Yeah. I want to see people running around. Less exciting, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then also just for anyone listening, something fun to look up and we can put this in our show notes is that the announcement about this pickleball budget <laughs> was made on a pickleball court and Bowser played a little bit and it was just kind of funny to watch because she did not know what she was doing. And she owned up to that. She was like, I do not know the rules at all. I do not know how to play this at all. So they were like teaching her. It was a Made cute a little great picture, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a cute little publicity stunt. And also just something like a little bit of levity uh, in budget news that can feel pretty dreary. All right. So speaking of things for old people. <laughs> The 930 Club, as uh, people who are in D.C. now know, is a, a big budget, like really kind of state of the art venue at like 8th and V Street. Until about 25 years ago, it was a dingy basement venue at 9th and F Street Northwest and what is what later became a J. Crew. It was a place where when Washington had this sort of world renowned, really influential music scene where a lot of uh, influential bands played. You know, it wasn't a stadium or anything. It was small. It was a few hundred people. Anyway, the current 930 Club is building within its space a replica of the old 930 Club, which is, again, as a dingy basement. It had some poles in it that you had to sort of crane your neck to see around. It had a really weird smell down there that would brilliant Washington City paper story once determined was like the result of the kind of paint they used oxidizing with the uh, cigarette smoke in the air. Oh my gosh. Anyway, the Foo Fighters featuring Dave Grohl, a, a former DC uh, musician who was, was in Scream that had played at the old 930 Club, they are going to kick off this space. Apparently it's like a perfect replica. I'm like... I don't know, a few things have made me feel so old as reading <laughs> about this. And and the reason is like, um, you know, Washington, both with, uh, Bridget and I talked about this with Gogo once, but it's it's sort of both with Gogo and with the sort of legacy of punk rock, there's a kind of like, like Vienna aspect of it. Like, oh, this is where such and such an amazing thing happened in 1989. And this is where something happened in 1982. And, you know, and there's a kind of like, well, what are we doing now, folks? And like, if you look at like Ian MacKay, the founder of Discord Records, the singer of Fugazi and Minor Threat, if you go in like IMDB and you just search his name, he's been as himself in 57 different movies or shows there. That is, they're all documentaries about like some aspect of the history of punk rock. There's nothing wrong with doing that. I think like, like as a former punk kid myself, there is a, a real tendency towards like self-historifying and uh, and completism and everything. But it's just kind of like the feeling of like retro preserved in amber, and in this case, literally like replicated yeah. physically, it seems really like un-avant-garde, you know? I mean, do you think they're trying to like get DC back to those? I mean, that was before my DC time. No, like that sounds not. awesome to have like a cool punk rock scene in DC. Like that's one of the best in the country. Like, is this going to bring that back? No, 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 no. I think this is about, I mean, if you look at the, the bands that are playing, they're all like my age or older. They're, I mean, uh, just in the abstract, yes, it is very good that DC have a midsize venue. Like the, yeah, the, it's uh, like only like 400 people right. or 450 people, right? You know, it's great. DC has another midsize venue, the place that owns 930, there's IMP. They run a lot of like really top notch venues, great sound and so on. But like, these are not hole-in-the-wall uh, clubs. This is not what the 930 Club had started life at, which is fine. To Kayla's question, like, I would hope 
that like the kids or like whoever's <laughs> making cool stuff now are doing it in venues that like uh, other people have never heard of and that they're making their own. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Mike, I agree. I don't, I don't see how this is going to recreate a punk scene in DC. And it's also like when you look at the lineup, so they're doing 44 shows because that's the 44th anniversary of the original 930 Club. And all of the 44 shows will cost $44. They're really leaning into a number that's not really a, an iconic number, but sure. I will say $44, though, for some of those bands is a steal. Yes. Yeah, it is. And like, they're not largely punk bands, at least the ones that I recognize here, which I recognize quite a few, they're not punk bands. They really run the gamut. Yeah. There's like country, there's rock, there's all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And I'm excited about it, but I don't think that it goes away towards like recreating this punk scene or punk feel. No, no. I just, I, I, I yeah. You know, you've got like X playing, and you got uh, Walkman and, and Keegan and Sarah. Um, like, but, but look, you, I don't think anyone is pretending that. It's just more like trying to like drape the place in that legacy. Which mm-hmm. I mean, look at the industry and the ability of people to like make a living by playing interesting, cool music has taken such a beating that I don't kind of begrudge anyone anything to try to like continue to enable that. I don't know. There's something that feels just really like amberish about it all to me yeah i mean it's kind of like this is a little bit of a stretch but i feel this way with a lot of the music that's been coming out lately or a lot of movies that have been coming out lately that are just kind of recreations of old things and they're meant to prey on our nostalgia and there's a fine Mm -hmm. line between nostalgic and unoriginal right and i think that this straddles that line but (laughs) Right. right looking at the 44 acts that are coming up are there any that make you particularly excited i'm excited about third eye blind like that takes me back to my childhood and obviously the foo fighters which are kicking it all off i mean uh, you know i'm now a parent of a girl who's obsessed with joan jett so that's going to be pretty cool joan jett would be awesome yeah there's a lot of good ones honestly i would pretty happy to get a almost any of these yeah they're doing a weird system that it's becoming more common now with tickets, though, is that it's not first come, first serve anymore. So it's basically over the next few days, you sign up to get the tickets that you want. And then it's a lottery system. So you can sign up for as many as you want. But if you get all of them, you have to buy and go to all of them. Oh gosh. So it's a lot less stressful to get your tickets, but it's a little bit of a gamble, right? You may or may not get whatever you want. And there's no more, you know, waiting till midnight and trying to be the first online because I think they they expect quite a bit of, of bids for it. Yeah. And I guess if they're doing a flat $44 pricing, that's probably also why. Because otherwise the prices change as demand and supply change, right? But in this yeah, case, if it's I a flat it's fee. to prevent scalpers and stuff too. Mm. Well, now that you mentioned it, I just looked that up and the deadline to submit a ticket to enter the lottery is tonight. It's at midnight tonight. So if any of these shows appeal to you, you better <laughs> submit that Wait, ticket so request. Is the idea that they're all going to be gone or like, will you still be able to get a ticket in a couple months if you change your mind? Unless you like have a friend that's giving one away or something, that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Yeah. Got it. Also, there's a two ticket limit per show. So if you want to go with a big group, you better have multiple people sign up. Yeah. And you might not all get it. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Or you might all get all the tickets and then yeah, you've got and then you have to, to find a bigger all group. of them. <laughs> well, 
like on the site, they're like, yeah, you can sign up to, you know, get all 44. But if you get all 44, you're paying for all 44. Wow. Wow. Well, well. All right. All right. And the first show is May 30th. So the Foo Fighters are opening it all up on May 30th. And then they've got shows lined up through the end of September. So take a look at the list and sign up today if you want to go to any of these shows. Which brings us into our DC Life Hack. And this is from Brian Joyner, Deputy Superintendent of Rock Creek Park. He says, since it's nice out, the Rock Creek Park Nature Center is home to the only planetarium in the National Park Service. They show films every Friday at 11 a.m. and Saturday and Sunday at 2 p.m. The film schedule can be found on their website. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's really cool that they show movies there. I've been wanting to go for a while. So maybe this will be the weekend. Maybe if you can't get one of those 930 tickets. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's a close second for sure. Um, anyway, that's all for today here on ZDCast DC. Our lead producer is Priyanka Tilve. Our producer is Julia Karen. Our newsletter writer is Kayla Cote-Stemmerman. And our hosts are Bridget Todd and me, Michael Schaefer from Politico. Music is by Alex Roldan. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Bye.